Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, so I watched last night's game between the Miami Heat and Denver Nuggets and couldn't help but think something. Tweeted it out. There was a response to it, an interesting one, and I want to kind of build on that. So let's get to it. So the Lakers obviously get swept by the Denver Nuggets, but they lose all of those games by a combined 24 points. Um, And you know, had plenty of opportunities to, they had an opportunity to, to, to steal either game one or two in Denver, had opportunities to win either game three or four in LA. And, you know, you walk away from that series, just kind of like, is that nagging? What if, even though, uh, even though the, you know, you're pretty shocked and just kind of happy that the Lakers were able to go on the run they were able to. Um, and, and look, there are any number of things when a series is that close, there are any number of things that you kind of look at and you say, if this goes differently here, you make a couple extra shots there. LeBron plays a little bit better here or there. AD plays a little bit better here or there. And, you know, you're, you're looking at a very different series, but one thing that, you know, even coming into the season that made me kind of nervous of was the notion of having, a rookie head coach watching over or trying to guide a team that has LeBron James expectations. So um, I'm going to discuss kind of the differences in approach that we've seen from, say, Eric Spolstra, the best coach in the league, and and kind of look at the stuff that Darvin Ham maybe could have done slightly differently to explain the tweet that I sent. I guess I should just read the thing out loud. So this is what I wrote. Uh, The difference between Miami winning this game in Denver and the Lakers getting swept is Bo versus Ham. It's probably more complicated than that, but it's a huge difference. And again, like when I say it's more complicated than that, any number of things could have gone differently. D'Angelo Russell, like being at all ready for the moment would have made a big difference. Um, The Denver Nuggets shot making was insane in that series. And, you know, the, the shot that Jamal Murray missed uh, to tie it up last night, that's the kind of shot that he was just making with regularity against the Lakers. You had Jokic throwing in those rainbow sambo shuffle, shuffle shots from like, you know, 30 feet away. And those, uh, he had two of those go in. So, um, and in a series where it's a 24 point difference, you know, you take out those two sambo shuffle three pointers. Uh, it's, it's now all of a sudden 18 point difference. So, um, anyway, I, I, I want to be clear here. I am not saying the only thing and the reason the Lakers are sitting at home right now, rather than playing against Miami is Darvin Ham. I'm not saying that, nor am I, by the way, saying that Darvin Ham should be expected to be anywhere near where Eric Spolstra is right now. Again, Spolstra, for my money, is not just like the best coach in the league right now, but 
legitimately has a case to be made that he is like the third best coach of all time. <laughs> the only two coaches I would definitively say are better than him are are Phil and Pop. That's it. And by the way, Spo beat Pop in a series. So, you know, wow. Anyway, uh let's 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 start with um let's start with macro. The thing about great coaching is it's not necessarily just about the coach. Um, you've seen like the greatest coach in the history of football, right? Bill Belichick. He started with Cleveland, couldn't get on the same page with that organization and left, right? Um, and then he goes to New England, has you know some early success and gets kind of the, the cachet within the organization to completely you know, have everything running in, in the way that he wants it to. And he's already a great coach. And because of that uh, organizational continuity that you have there um, and, and that consistency from, from top to bottom there, um, Belichick is able to be a better coach, I think, than he would normally be under under the type of circumstances that most coaches face, right? Greg Popovich, same thing. Obviously, an incredible coach. Um, and, and also he and RC Buford and their ownership group there have been such in such lockstep for 20 years or whatever. Now that pop can just kind of reshape the organization to his will. And that makes him a better coach than, uh, than he might otherwise be. And he's already a great coach, right? So that's, you know, it's a big difference there. And Eric Spolster, same thing. Uh, you look at the Miami Heat and famously or infamously, whatever, uh, LeBron wanted Pat Riley to, you know, leave his perch from the executive suite and go down and, and coach the Miami Heat, uh, where I, I'm sure he would have been just fine too, by the way. Uh, but Pat says, no, no, suppose my guy, I believe in him and he is going to be your coach. Um, we'll go ahead and add that to the list of like LeBron James foibles as, as a, an executive thinker, him as an owner is going to be interesting, but, uh, the, obviously the rest is history, right? The, the Miami heat, um, with Eric Spolstra at the helm, completely revolutionize the notion of the way that we think of positions in basketball, right? They started switching everything. They played that amoeba defense, they stick Chris Bosch out to the corner three spot and completely open up the paint and go on their run, right? And and obviously have the amount of success that they do. And then since then, what's what's insane is since then, you've had LeBron depart via free agency. You've had uh, Dwayne Wade depart via free agency, come back, obviously, and then retire. You had Chris Bosch forced into early retirement because of that heart thing that still to this day, it's just absolutely devastating to think about. And then, um, you know, they bring in Jimmy Butler and they have a whole bunch of, you know, undrafted or low drafted players that, that are on that roster. And they have been to the conference finals. Uh, I, the, the stats on, on Eric Spolstra's like last decade or so are pretty staggering to be honest. And, and, um, and again, it is, I, Spolstra is obviously great in his own right, but he can he can be great 
without ever having to worry about what the you know upper echelon or that those people in the executive suite might think of what he does to be great or what he does to get the most out of his team. So when he just, you know, in game two makes the adjustment of sticking Kevin Love into the starting lineup and tweaking what got them there in the first place, he can do that without ever like looking over his shoulder like, hey, this we're good here. Like, this is okay. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash to book. Restrictions may apply. And I'm not saying that Darvin Ham, the reason he didn't take D'Angelo Russell out of the starting lineup, um, I'm not saying that like he was being pressured to keep him there. I don't think that at all. Um, but for a rookie head coach to bench a starter, somebody that the Lakers are going to be entering into negotiations with only a couple months after that, um, or a month or so after that, uh, that is a that is a big call, you know, and that is not a decision that that is to be taken lightly. And you know, we can frame it as, and and I I think for the most part, it, this is what it is, right? That Darvin Ham trusts his guys and is going to ride with his guys until he absolutely cannot, and that makes him slow to adjust. Um, but uh, yeah, I you know, you look at you look at like the organizational consistency that Miami has and the free will that Eric Spolstra has to coach that team. And he has, you know, Pat Riley has employed Udonis Haslam and, and kept him on the roster for years, plural now, since, you know, since the last time he was actually good at basketball in an NBA way. And the whole reason for that is having somebody there in the locker room that is absolutely going to ride for, for the head coach and for the organization. And, and those are the small things that, like, He's your 15th guy. That guy isn't going to play anyway. So how can you get some value out of that spot? Well, here's one way. Have somebody who is your coach's muscle. And if if the, the team isn't buying into what Eric Spolstra or Pat Riley or the Miami Heat in general stand for, UD is going to have something to say about it. And, and, uh, and I, you know, you kind of, you compare that to, the culture that the Lakers have had over the last, you know, three, four years, right? They win the championship. They, um, 
strip it down. The the presence in that locker room who was kind of like Udonis Haslam, right, was was Jared Dudley. And, you know, LeBron fights for him to be kept on the roster. The Lakers decide not to. He goes to Dallas. Um, the, the, the Lakers, uh, man, how do I want to phrase this? Uh, people around the league have wondered if the, the Lakers were sabotaging uh, Frank Vogel with the rosters that, that, they, gave, that they gave him um, before eventually firing him. Remember, he wins the championship and he gets a one-year extension. Uh, and, and you know, there was just there, there never seemed to be the kind of buy-in to Frank Vogel that you would expect from not just like a pretty good coach or somebody who, who guided them through a season, but somebody who won them a championship, right? That was crazy to me, was that they, they, they win this championship and immediately it was just like, yeah, well, you know, he's whatever. And, and, and this, you know, I, that was frankly, pardon the pun, um, the, the start of the, the cracks in the, uh, in the windshield here that I started to notice organizationally was, wait, if you aren't going to buy into this guy, then who would you actually buy into, right? And we're seeing more buy-in here with Darvin Ham, um, and, and that's worth noting. But, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I, and, and do I think Frank Vogel is the difference between the Lakers right now, you know, con- continuing to play beyond that Denver series and not? Obviously not. Like, I, I think Ham is fine. I think Vogel's a better coach uh, because he's been around longer. But, like, what if we saw Frank Vogel with organizational buy-in um, to be able to make moves. Remember, at while he was coaching Russ, he was he he was reluctant to bring Russ off of the bench for a variety of reasons, right? And if there's any kind of reluctance to do what is best for the team, that coach is dead in the water already. You know, he's he's, he's coaching with one hand tied behind his back. Eric Spolstra, Greg Popovich, um, even hell, Michael Malone uh, in Denver. Like the, the the coaches that that have the 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 highest chance of success in a in in a field, by the way, that is defined by failure, um, the coaches that have the highest chance of success are the ones who do who get to do their job without any fear of of what failure means for their immediate future. Um, and and I think you know when you look at Miami being able to win that game in Denver. Um, a game that, you know, the Lakers lost, right? A version of that game that the Lakers lost. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's, it's the kind of thing that, that like organizational culture aspect of it is the kind of thing that like I watch that and yeah, the basketball is fun. It's insane to watch Miami kind of Jedi mind trick their way into these games. Um, but, but like that Jedi mind trick stuff, it, it kind of starts with culture and it, and it, and it starts with a belief in Spolstra that, that the players can feel from the top of the organization on down. And that is something that, um, whether it's Darvin Ham or whoever it is at the Lakers' helm, uh, that is something that the Lakers are going to have to develop in better ways than we saw with Frank. And then to get like a little bit more specific here, right? Look, the Lakers were underdogs. Don't tell Miguel Malone this, but but like um, the, the, the Lakers... Probably like if you actually, you know, the Lakers are such a public team that the odds are always going to be kind of funky with them heading into series, especially ones where they're the underdog because so many people want to bet on the Lakers as an underdog. But um, 
yeah, the, the Lakers started that series uh, and and probably should have been at least two to one underdogs, maybe two and a half to one underdogs in that series. Look, they, they got swept, right? So so that would seem to in, indicate that Denver was a better overall team. Um, but then, you know, if you are the underdog, you have to operate as such. You have to excel in the margins. You have to make the adjustments um, and then force Denver to adjust to you. Uh, you have like you, you can can you you cannot have stretches of the game where you're leaking points regularly, right? In the same way that they were leaking points anytime D'Angelo Russell was on the court, and 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 you know anytime that the Lakers went super duper small against uh, the Nuggets, with especially in those moments where where Jokic was out there, um, and and you know. It, you look at Miami, and this isn't to say that they played a perfect. Well, they damn near they played a perfect fourth quarter, and absolutely just romped um, Denver in those minutes. But you know, you look at you look at what Miami is doing, and they're just the the, adjust, the adjustments are so quick. One thing that I noticed last night, as I you know early in the game, was every time Denver you know would have those big buckets that, you know, could really get the crowd going and, and you could really see the snowball starting to form and pick up speed going down the hill, um, that's where Eric Spolster would step in and, and take a timeout and, and recollect his guys and really refocus everybody on, on the things that they knew, needed to do uh, to be successful. And again, this is the best coach in the league, in my opinion, top three coach of all time. So I am not saying that Darvin Ham needs to be Eric Spolstra, but he needs to be closer. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Like it, it, it's funny when the defense of Darvin Ham is somehow well, he's not Eric Spolstra. Okay, yeah, I know. And, and but how can we get him closer to that? How can you know? And and this is the kind of thing that like Spolstra has been in the playoffs several times, long playoff runs several times, and and these are the things that you kind of the skills that you hone over the course of, of those runs. Um, but, but yeah, if, if the Lakers, cause they're, look, they're not going to be the best team in the league next year. They're not, you know, Denver's is, is going to be this same collection of guys. Maybe they lose Bruce Brown. Probably they lose Bruce Brown. Um, and, and, and yet like, they're still going to have the best player in the league in Jokic. You're still going to have the Milwaukee bucks who are going to be better than the Lakers next year. Um, we got to see what Miami pulls out of, you know, what, which rabbit the, the, the heat pull out of their hat. Like 
the the Lakers next year, if they if they make another postseason run with a year older LeBron and a year older AD, um, they are probably going to be underdogs again in that spot. So, like, you need to learn quickly how to operate as such and and figure out the things that you need to do and the margins to be successful as an underdog. And um, you know, I, I one of the things that really helps an underdog overachieve is, you know, a coach who, and, and, and look, the other thing about ham is, um, he was, he was learning about his team on the fly. And this is one reason why the Lakers, um, Rob Palenka has said this, uh, said this publicly after the season in his exit interview. And, uh, the Lakers have leaked this in, in several iterations, um, since, uh, this is why the Lakers are as focused on continuity as they are, right? Is Spolstra has a pretty clear understanding of, well, if I if I press this button, I might get this, but I might also be trading away this. So I'll have to figure out a way to, to make up for that, right? And so, you know, he, he plays Kevin Love more last night, or, you know, at all. And, and he knows, all right, I'm going to get a boost in rebounding. I'm going to get some some uh shot making on the perimeter he's a good passer and all that stuff but defensively i'm gonna have to figure out a way to make up for this the foot speed that i'm not gonna have while kevin love is out there and and he's just you know pretty masterful in, in his understanding of his team and and you know just knowing what is going to happen when he makes certain adjustments not just you know um, in the positive, but in the negative, so that he'll know how to adjust to the adjustments um, as Denver tweaks what they're doing to take advantage of whatever it is that that Miami is taking off of the table with their adjustment. And you know, with Ham, it was pretty clear. Like you looked at the first two series, Memphis was you know shifting things up all over the place. And, and the Lakers were able to maintain their kind of same starting uh, lineup and maintain their identity. And, you know, I they were the better team. The Lakers were there, right? So you don't have to operate in the margins as much. You can maintain your identity and then just plug holes as the adjustments that's, that Memphis made. Um, you know, they, 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 they open up the Lakers to some weaknesses there. Same kind of goes for the Golden State series where Steve Kerr is changing his starting lineup three different times over the course of a six game series. And, uh, he's, his rotation keeps shifting based off of which issues the Lakers, uh, identity was, um, presenting for them. And again, it was just a matter of the Lakers adjusting to the adjustments that Steve Kerr was making over the course of that thing with the more talented or, 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 or better team over the course of that series. And in the Denver series though, when it was the Lakers' turns to make adjustments, they always felt like a beat or two too slow, and with that you can't have that if you're the underdog. You have to make those those adjustments quickly, concisely, and confidently, and and it never really felt like the Lakers did. And you know, if they ever did make the adjustments again, you're making them at at such a point in the series, like D'Angelo Russell not starting, where it was already over. You're down three zero. It was over, and we knew from from game one that it wasn't the series for him. So, uh, it, it, yeah, it's just um, I'm not sitting here again. 
saying that that like Darwin needs to be the best coach in the NBA, but that also like him not being the best coach in the NBA isn't somehow a defense of the issues that he had over the course of a series that he got swept in. And look, like at the end of the day, the bigger deal here is like AD uh, just didn't have a great series by his standards. LeBron, um, you know, had an incredible game four or whatever, but like he, he would tell you he, and he wasn't a hundred percent, right? Um, he would tell you that he wasn't the best that he could be in that series or that he needed to be in that series. Um, D'Angelo Russell was just abysmal. And right there, like those are your three highest paid players. And if all three of them are not playing up to the standard that they need to, you're probably getting swept almost regardless of what the the coach does. So by no means am I saying that Darvin Ham is the reason that the Lakers got swept. I'm saying that when the Lakers are an underdog there, you need to be better in the margins than they were. And one way to be better in the margins than they were is to have a better coach. And, you know, I'm not saying this to to pick on Ham. I think he's going to be a good coach here moving forward. But this is what you what you risk when you have a rookie head coach on a team that has LeBron James and is capable of a postseason run that you are capable of when you have LeBron James. Uh, and this was always something that made me nervous every time I, I considered what the Lakers might be capable of. So next year, I would imagine Ham is going to be better at this. He's going he's gonna to have these reps that he got in the postseason. Um, he's going to have the organizational buy-in that comes with turning around the season in the way that the Lakers did. And he's going to be better next year. Um, it's just a matter of, like, is it, will LeBron still be capable of, of elevating his game during that time of year? Will AD be better in, in whatever series he needs to be than he was in this last one? And will the Lakers fully take advantage of the opportunity in ways that, you know, am, 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 I, am I sitting here saying that the Lakers should have beaten Denver? No. Could they have? Yeah. And, and all of those what-ifs that come from, and, and at the very least, like maybe they, 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 it, it's, it's a stretch to say they should have won that, that series, but they should not have been swept. Right? You lost by 24 total points. You shouldn't have been swept. And doesn't matter, like at the end of the day, you know, you lose a series in four, five, six, or seven, whatever. Um, but when you're sitting here and you're and you're saying that like that series felt kind of uh, underwhelming because the Lakers were not such a worse team than Denver that they would that they had to get swept or whatever. Yeah, I I, I would I would lean on that they, they should have won a game. They should have pushed Denver harder than they did. And there was a lot of stuff that went into that. And and part of this, a big part of this, is you had a you had a rookie head coach. And you look at Miami and do I think they're gonna win the series? No, probably not. Um I doubled down on my bet uh this morning on on Denver um winning in at least uh you know six games or whatever. But but do I do I think that that Miami has uh, Denver thinking a little bit more than the Lakers did? Yeah, and and Denver is in the closest thing to peril that they have been in this postseason because of the quick adjustments that that Spo made. 
Like, Jimmy Butler hasn't played great. They haven't gotten anything from Tyler Hero. He's been hurt. So it's not like, you know, when when, when people say, like, the, the retort to, well, Darvin Ham this and Darvin Ham that is, well, you didn't get anything from, from uh, you didn't get what you needed to from LeBron. You didn't get anything from D'Angelo Russell, and you didn't get what you needed from Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, you could look and say a lot of the same stuff about Miami, but they won, you know? So do I think Darvin Ham is going to ever be as good a coach as, as Eric Spolster? Probably not. But can we get him closer than when he was? I think that's a fair question. All right, that is going to do it. Uh, apologies for getting this up a little bit uh, later than I normally do. I I wanted to, to, to sit and hash this thing out mentally before I just hopped on here and started ranting and raving. So um, I am going to post this thing right away. So check it out whenever you do. And then in a little bit later, I'm going to be talking to Sabrina Merchant um, to kind of, I don't know, we'll talk about whatever we want to talk about. So uh, until then, and until the next time I talk to you guys, I'm Anthony Irwin, saying have a good one.